What a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of amrays and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of Blockbuster Video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom-and-pop video store killer, the corporate big-choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars, who are in the know, arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another fun-filled episode of the Talkbuster podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. Before I get into my very special guest today, I would like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons, those of you who are keeping food on my table and keeping me sane. Thank you very, very much, and thank you to every single patron, not just the $15 ones. You're all incredible. Um, they are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin C.V., Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, Collaborating Online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, Little Nicky, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Moriarty, Carolyn Thompson, Scott R. Curie, and Shor Hansen Gusted. And thank you to my newest patron, Max Fries. Thank you all so much. This show is a lot of my shows is brought to you by Skeeter Plays. Skeeter Plays is a Let's Play channel started by one of my very best friends, Steve Brennan. You've heard him featured on the Talkbuster podcast before. He was also part of Talkbuster Live. Um, his Let's Play channel, Skeeter Plays, is on YouTube. He plays uh, a lot of Steam games, a lot of um, multiplayer games, gets a lot of friends in on it, and it's a lot of fun. So get on over there and check it out. And with that, I reintroduce you, even though it's his first time on the Talkbuster podcast, to one of the duo that refer to themselves as the Grumpy Old Gamers, which, if you remember back to the Chipman Brothers tangent, Bob and I, when it was uh, able to be out in the world back in February, one of the last times we were able to be in public safely, um, were at PAX East. And we did a panel called Grumpy Old Gamers. And a little while after, I was, you know, getting ready to upload it and realized, crap, someone already had that name. <laughs> and it created a nice friendship. I reached out. They've been on my show. I've been on their show. So, Ryan, um, tell the Talkbuster listeners who you are. Well, hey, everyone. Um, my name is Ryan Cashmere. As uh, Chris mentioned there, I'm one half of the, uh, the duo, the Grumpy Old Gamers. And, uh, yeah, I was just uh, glad when Chris reached out to us. You know, we appreciated the, the not wanting to step on our, uh, step on our feet. Um, the reason I, uh, 
I decided to or to approach Chris about coming on the uh, Talkbuster here was uh, even though um, I didn't work at a Blockbuster, I kind of had the uh, the chance to work at three other video stores. But also, I remember when Blockbuster rolled into Canada, which is uh, where I'm located. Yeah, it's it's going to be a great perspective because it's one that I don't have, and you know, for for people who are listening to this show from the rest of the world um and didn't grow up in the united states you know i i would love to hear everybody's perspective on video rental and blockbuster because we you know the us is very me 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 as as can be um uh, seen by recent events and elections <laughs> and um the last four years and this covid pandemic and, and everything else and it's you know a joke and you know we it, it the joke has become terrible things for our country as of late but we're very close-minded for a place that's all about freedoms and personal freedoms you know growing up here you kind of are landlocked from a lot of the rest of the world and their experience you know it's a very privileged thing to think that movies just come out here you know what i mean like where we're yeah. kind of the center for where the market for a long period of time wanted movies to be released and i know that you know each country you know kind of has their own um uh you know brand of film or version of hollywood but hollywood is you know the the juggernaut and so um you know and it kind of dictates when everything gets released and everything else so we kind of in video rental the same way it's like i remember being a kid and i'm sure you probably remember this when all you could get a movie from once it was in theaters was rented. They weren't selling every movie. And if they did, it was expensive. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I remember Jurassic Park being the first Steven Spielberg film because Spielberg and Lucas were two of the big directors who were like, no, our stuff only comes out on video at special times. We're not just going to make it available <laughs> to everybody. Yeah, um, yeah. Jurassic, Jurassic Park was a big deal when it came out like seven months after it was in the theater. And everyone was like, oh, my God, we didn't have to wait three years for this. Wow. And, and, you, it, and it came through, if I remember, it came through at a sell-through price, which was, uh, which was a big thing that was always fun to explain to customers uh, if it didn't have that sell-through uh, sell price going with it. Yeah, when they especially when they got um charged to own it after the blockbuster no late fees thing went through and <laughs> that came a, yeah, I know there there you were absolutely not kidding. There are no late fees. If you don't return the movie, we sell it to you. <laughs> and it's yours to own it. So guess what happens when you do that with a VHS? You get charged 120 bucks. Yep. Even, because even though Blockbuster got a bulk rate on that VHS tape, that's not what our point of sale system says it costs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was always fun. So um, to, to, to re recalibrate my brain, where, where in Canada are you and where in Canada did you grow up? Um, I'm, in, uh, I'm in the uh, Edmonton area, which is in Alberta. Uh, yep. So Western Canada. Um, and that, yeah, I've born and raised here grown up here now as someone that hasn't spent any time that wasn't vacation based in Canada. So paying attention to film releases, I know we share a continent, um, for sure, but, yeah. uh, what were, were us releases and Canadian releases kind of in conjunction throughout, throughout your life or was it? Was oh yeah. There... Okay. I just wasn't sure. I always like yeah, to yeah. ask and, um, 
now and again this this could be my my ignorance speaking but i know canada being a uh you know one of the more progressively bilingual countries unlike the united states which is a multilingual country and we just don't admit it uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, whereas there like French subtitles or French dubs in, in films in Canada, or is it that doesn't reach that far? Uh, it doesn't reach that far. Um, in um, in Eastern Canada, it, uh, you get the choices. Good. But uh, that, yeah. I know that, that's the highly French area is uh, Quebec and um, New Brunswick and Nova Scotia and all up into there. But like even um, like most things come packaged with a French insert card. Yep. So, you know, you buy like a special edition of, uh, a, like a DVD set and, um, on the like shrunk wrap in with it is a French version of the back card that you can, um, you can have there for reference like over the English version. <laughs> so basically the one, the, the, the same ones you would buy in the States just come with this French card wrapped up with it. Cool. Yeah, it's just, it's something until right now I didn't even think of uh, as like something that would be, uh, you know, because I like all of our border states. So New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, or at least on the East Coast, you know, New York, as soon as you enter those states, all the signage, you know, welcome to New York, Bienvenido, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> and welcome to New Hampshire. And I, as a kid, you know, well, how come it doesn't say that when you enter Massachusetts? And it's well, because Massachusetts doesn't border Canada. And it's like, oh, all right, that makes sense. But it's just, it's, it's just been very interesting to think. But, um, so you said you worked at multiple video stores. So, um, around what time? So, uh, the first video store job I had was, uh, the summer of 89. <laughs> um, <Nice. laughs> yeah. All right. So I was, uh, so that was, um, that was 16 year old Ryan, 15, 16 year old Ryan. Uh, I, I would go to the, this local video store called Castlewood video. And, uh, it was right next door to the seven 11 in the neighborhood. So, you know, I go grab a Slurpee and then I go, you know, just spend hours like reading movie boxes and, uh, looking at the video games they had to rent and things like that. And, you know, I just made a relationship with the, the owner. And then finally he was like, Hey, do you want to, you know, you're here all the time. Anyways, you want to, you want to come in a few days a week? I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> so, you know, dream, dream job when you're that young, right? That's, that's when I started at Blockbuster. I get that a hundred percent. He, um, so it was, it was funny, like looking back on it now, um, I'm sure it wouldn't happen, but so I would, I would open the store at 10 AM and then I would work until 10 PM <laughs> when like when the guy would, when the, the owner would come back and close up. <laughs> so, um, and this is over my summer holidays. Um, this must've been grade between grade nine and 10. Uh, and you know, I, it, I was loving it, man. Like, um, you know, when I needed to get lunch, I would just close shop for five minutes, run next door to the Seven Eleven, and <laughs> fuel up. You know, giant Slurpee and uh, <laughs> plate of nachos and away I go, right? That is an experience wholeheartedly um, foreign to a lot of people. And even to me, really, you know, uh, Blockbuster during the week, during the day, 
definitely got slow, but there was a lot of work to do because everyone was returning their movies. So they didn't get their fees. But, you know, I was at that company when they were at their height. Like, you know, I was there 2001 to 2008. They were a juggernaut. Right. 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 Point. Um, I mean, that they, they, they had already destroyed all of the mom and pops they were going to destroy and they were just taking over. Uh, they had taken over basically at that point. So we would have four or five people on a shift at a time, you know, at night. So, you know, um, leaving the store and having to lock up, but there were a couple <laughs> during the daytimes where that did have to happen. Still, when they'd, when you'd be like, crap, I got to open by myself. Cause we literally have no hours to give to Thursday. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you know? yeah. And God, like the amount of anger that <laughs> you could oh, get. Oh yeah. And then the person waiting with their watch, especially when you're a young guy and they're, you know, the entitlement of how dare you have to use the bathroom or how dare you have oh. to eat. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like, because it was literally next door and this was a neighborhood, like a, just a little neighborhood video store. It wasn't, it wasn't big at all. Like, um, it, it, uh, people knew me, right. The regulars knew me. And, you know, they'd be like, if I was over in the 7-Eleven, you know, for that five, 10 minutes, they'd actually come over and be like, hello, I'm here now. Can you come, come open the store. I got to return these or I need to get these ones you reserved for me. And it's like, holy crap, just relax. <laughs> it always reminds me of, uh, of clerks. I yes. know that that's, that's the most um, unoriginal thing. But whenever I think of a, of a single person working in a video store, I just think of Randall coming back and that lady, oh, the guy's not here, huh? What did you come to get? She names the movie. He goes, huh, want to bet that I get it and you don't? She goes, oh, no, I reserved it already. <laughs> so you don't want to make that bet. And he walks right in and takes it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Or the, uh, which one of these is better? I don't watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> As he's watching a movie is the best thing in that whole thing. <laughs> oh my God. It's so much fun. So about, about how big, you know, obviously I can picture probably what this store looked like, you know, yeah. um, but like to paint the picture for the, for the listeners, especially for a, you know, 14 year old that is having a hard time understanding the concept of renting a movie, let alone what the stores looked like, you, you know? So, um, yeah, what would be a good comparison? Like, because they weren't even. I would imagine it's not even as big as a Seven Eleven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like it'd be. It'd be. Ha it was half the size of a Seven Eleven. This store, you know, just jam packed with with um uh, um rows of movies on, on shelves, and of course all around the outer walls. I'd say like a small mall store. Yeah. Would be like a. Good, because because that I always try to think back of how would I describe the video stores that Blockbuster replaced? Because you know, like a Suncoast video in a mall, but no one knows what that is anymore either. But they were sale, but they were definitely set up to seem like a mom and pop video store. That was yes. like the goal they were going for. Um, and it doesn't even really compare to a record store. It's it's a different kind of thing. It's very different. Yeah, I mean, almost know, like. It's like a, like if someone owned like a creepy local bookstore, you know, the kind where like they just didn't absolutely. have <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, I've, yeah, like if you could blockbusters kind of were cookie cutter, they all kind of were the, I mean, there were some larger ones, but you know, this would be a quarter to a third, the size of one of, of one of yes. those. 
Exactly. And now a factoid that I, that I've always known about with Blockbuster, but it's always good to check if this was the case everywhere is one of Blockbuster's big selling points when they came out was we put the movies on the shelf. Now I know that that was Blockbuster's way to show that they had deeper pockets than the mum and pop cookie cutter style that they were taking over. But did you guys have the luxury of having all of the movies like behind the counter and people brought up a box to exchange or was it so small that they were just all out there and who cares? Uh, this one, we had everything behind the counter. Right. Because you pay yeah. 120 bucks for each cassette. You can't, someone can't steal that, you yeah. know, <laughs> but Blockbuster was like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Right. <laughs> we got that we don't give a crap. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the ones. And then yeah, behind the counter there were, um, uh, we had shelves and drawers and like these are, there's like a, a cabinet with like, I think it had four drawers and then there is four of those. And then the movies were just, you know, spying up in there and you would just, you know, file through it that way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And they, uh, so the boxes that this is another funny thing, right? Like, so if you can picture a VHS box, so what would happen when the movie came in is we would take the movie out and then we would put styrofoam in the box yep. <laughs> and then rewrap it, <laughs> right? With, uh, with cellophane or yep. shrink wrap or whatever to, so that, that that's what went out on the shelf. <laughs> and then we had the luxury of Blockbuster that they would ship them, ship them to us that way. Right, right. And then, <laughs> and then, we, and then we took the boxes out of the filing thing in the back uh, because you'd take the styrofoam out and put the boxes you didn't put on the shelf in the back room. And then you had to take the VHS out of the clamshell and put it in the case, the, the slip sleeve, and then right. sell it. <laughs> Let me tell you, did you ever, did you ever cellophane your hand? It was a bad idea. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A couple times for sure. <laughs> so, um, so this video store, unfortunately, I only worked there for three or four months. Um, it just started, uh, it kind of started interfering with school. You know, I was still, I was still going to school and uh, he didn't want, he wanted me to keep working the weekday shifts and not the, and I just wanted to do the weekends because I, I mean, I had homework and, you know, <laughs> school going on. So I ended up having to part ways there um, for that. But I mean, you know, as a first job, like, I couldn't have asked for, for a, in a better experience for that. It definitely gets you tons of experience working with the public. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, and, and realizing, you know, especially if it's something you're into, like the worst first job you can get is something where you don't like the product. Oh, exactly. Like yeah. my, my, my first job was a Christmas tree shop. Oh, I don't <laughs> Do you know what, what the, what the brand Christmas tree shop is? Do they have oh. those up there? Oh no. I just, sorry. I was picturing like a, an outdoor yard with uh, the no, real Christmas. No, no. Yeah. 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 That, that's why I'm like, so there is a store, you, you know, like, like you get like craft stores. Like, I don't know if you have like Michael's or AC Moore. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Sell like the, the bits and pieces of things people use to make stuff, you know? Oh. So like, so like, you know, like it'll have like cheap, you know, like themed, you know, kitchen towels, you know, and like th these are the places oh. where like 
your grandmother gets all of her stuff. Well, they made an entire store of that. It's like a, it's like a, like fell off a truck kind of a store, you yeah, know, like, okay. a, like a Marshall's, but it's specifically for like cheap and weird and funky holiday and home goods type stuff. They're giant. They're like the size of a Walmart. These stores are huge. Oh. And, um, they started on Cape Cod of all places and moved <laughs> their way up. And I, I just don't know how far reaching they are. I know they're on the East coast all over the place, but the reason I got a job there at like 14 or 15 years old was they were paying $2 more an hour than minimum wage. Um, oh, yeah. because it was for holiday help. <clears throat> so right. I got this really, you know, I, I actually quite enjoyed the job. You know, it was a fast paced retail job. You never stopped moving. You had long lines of customers, but I just couldn't like, I didn't like, like there was no, um, care for what they had. It's like, I guess I got to go stock another shelf full of tchotchkes, <laughs> you know, and, it's, and like, you know, there, there was some stuff where it's like, oh, my mom would love this or my grandmother was in this. And I go into them all the time now. Cause it's like, oh, I can get cheap gardening equipment or cheap this or cheap that they you know um there's ocean state job lot is another store that's very similar to, okay. to the street shop that's another one where it's like a a cheap alternative to a big box store you know it's kind of the idea but christmas tree shop it's just, it's funky and um but then they dropped down two dollars after the holiday time so after a bit i just said you know what no this isn't for me and that's when i ended up like same thing with Blockbuster. Hey kid, you're in here a lot. <laughs> like, do you want a job? Was literally how that happened. Cause I, <laughs> I would I would just go for like hours at a time and kind of like lose track of what I was doing, just like looking around. Oh right, yeah. Um so cool. So the the next video store job I got, um, it was about a year later, and this was the one I worked almost three years at. Um it was at a place called Jumbo Video, and there is uh, three of them in and around the city. And this was a lot more like we kind of had we kind of had the bigger ones, and then the mom and pops in in the neighborhoods. And this was um, I don't know if you've heard of Rogers, like um, Canada. No, they they they're like our one of our big mobile providers, and out east they're the they're the big cable company and okay. data company. And, uh, so Jumbo Video was in direct competition with Rogers because Rogers had all these video stores all over Canada. And so <laughs> I, I wanted so badly to get back into working at a video store that, uh, in high school we had the, we had a course you could take that was called job experience. And basically you could earn credits for just getting a job and they would get you a job somewhere. Right. So I, cool. uh, I. I got my, I got the, the teacher to get me a job at, at this jumbo video. And I, you know, I started, it was only three months and they, they pay you like a dollar an hour, like to do the job experience there. Um, but you know, a lot of times it can turn into a job for you <laughs> and, uh, and it did. Um, so I did my three months there and they, they had no problem hiring me on, but so this video store and this was their, this was their shtick. For one thing, they had popcorn as soon as you walked in We always fresh popcorn going. Nice. And so this one was more to the size of a blockbuster, maybe even a little bigger, 
because um, they did themed sections. So as you walked in off to the right, there was the horror movie section and it was done up like a castle, all dark with spider webs and, and chains. And like, you know, there was a, a skeleton in a cage on the wall. Um, and then next to that was the, the sci-fi section. And there was a, a UFO crashing through the roof. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the Western section, um, had like, a um, uh, fence posts around it. Like just kind of looked like a little corral. Yep. And then like, there was a kid's area with a little slide and, um, and then, uh, what was there, uh, oh, and then there's a, of course the adult section that had the, the standard, uh, wooden slotted, uh, <laughs> swinging doors to get in and out of it. Um, so yeah, like this, uh, this was way busier. Like you were never, you were never working alone unless you were working like the early Saturday or Sunday morning shift. Mm -hmm. Um, and this store also, we, uh, we had to, um, instead of having the movies all behind the counter, uh, we actually cut the boxes to fit into hard plastic cases, like the ones you get for renting at Blockbuster. Right. The one that you would put the, the sheet in that had the description. It, we would cut the box of the movie to fit in that same sort of area. And that's how we, and that's how they were all put out on the shelf. Interesting. So, yeah. So this was, this one was, this is by far the best job I had um, ever, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's, it's the, the job you, you, um, you compare all the other ones to, uh, it, oh, another thing that was weird or different about this story is that it was 24 hours, which was, oh. a, yeah, which was a huge, there were, which was a huge thing. Uh, there were, that was like the gimmick of video stores was, all, you, you know, you had to be 24 hours if you were going to compete <laughs> sort of thing, right? Wow, we had nothing like that around here. That's oh, yeah. Weird. So I kind of, um, so half the time I was there, it was 24 hours, and then that trend was kind of dying off. Um, so it was, uh, I never, uh, they had a couple late night guys, and um, you, they would just work by themselves, and they'd be the ones who clean and stock and... Right, uh, you know, look after the people coming in from the bars. <laughs> you well, know, you now. Now that I think about it, if you can afford that, that's a brilliant business model for a video store. Because literally on a Friday or Saturday night, we would do me and my store manager, and then I ended up doing this with my assistant store manager as well. Is we just said, hey, you know what? We both wanted to have Saturday night off and Sunday off, so we worked Friday close, Saturday open every week yeah. together. And the reason we did that is so we didn't have to clean the store on Friday night <laughs> because Friday night was just such a metric shit storm. Oh yeah. That, that we would just say, you know what? Um, we, you know, we're done. Like literally you have to like close the door on the zombies still trying to <laughs> midnight because that's how crazy busy we were. And then we count, we count the drawers you know, make sure at least, you know, nothing was falling off the shelves, but then we'd come in the next morning to open together and spend the morning, which was dead, you know, vacuuming and fixing up the shelves and everything. So yeah, having a team to do that overnight 
at least on like Friday and Saturday would have been great. Oh yeah. We, uh, yeah. Like the Fridays and Saturday nights were, um, ridiculous when you, when you talked about closing Friday and opening Saturday. So our shift was four to midnight and then eight to four. Those are the two ships that were there, like the, the two main ships. So we used to call that the Iron Man shift. If you worked, you know, Friday night, four to midnight, and then have to be back for 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, like, uh, I, yeah, just crazy busy. Like, and, and people, um, you know, and, uh, like, I don't know, you, uh, you might have not had um, such a problem with this, but because the movie cases were, uh, you know, you could see what movie was actually in the case, like, yep. clearly. Um, stuff we haven't had time to process yet. We'd have all these people crowding around the counter, which which was huge. Like, it had a spot, it had, um, it had four, four checkout spots and, like, one kind of, like, extra one off to the side that if it was so busy, you know, checking people or checking people out, um, you know, people would swarm the counter, like just trying to look over and see what we had on the floor that we hadn't returned yet. <laughs> yep. I remember that real well. And then you drop it in the box. Is that one? It's like, yeah. Oh, God. Let me go yeah. Check. Oh yeah. We had the, yeah, we had the outside return slot too. And they'd be like, can you check that? I'm like, you see, I have 70 people in line here. I, oh, <laughs> uh, so, um, while I was working at jumbo video is when blockbuster finally came to town. Um, so, uh, at that time, I mean, uh, the only way you kind of hear about it is just local newspapers and everything. And, um, so as far as I know, the first one opened up not far from like too far to walk, but like, you know, five minute car ride sort of thing yeah. where, where I was living, but it was in this, like this actually kind of like really crappy part of town, like <laughs> not, where, not where you would think you would open like a, a like a blockbuster, right? Like you're split, you know, this is the big, the big company coming in from the States, like. Um, so it was about the same size as the jumbo video I worked at. And I still remember like one of my best friends, like he, he was always on top of all the, all the stuff happening. And he's like, man, we gotta go check out this blockbuster. And I'm like, well, I work at this video store. I'm sure we get the same movies, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know, you go in and it was just, you know, bright and clean. And, um, there were so many copies of everything. That, that was the big thing was they always had copies of everything, but, um, the, the, the cost of renting something, a blockbuster was almost double what it cost to rent it from the place I worked at. So yep. it was like, it was like three fifty to rent, um, at jumbo. And then it was like, it was, a, it was seven bucks to rent a movie at blockbuster. Wow. And that, this was when, uh, 90 91 wow okay I, I always forget with the with the exchange with with canadian especially then yeah you know because because when i started in when i started in 2001 mm -hmm. a, a favorite section rental so not not the new release wall 
was three nineteen after tax. Oh, okay. And the um, new releases were three eighty one after tax, and that went up to four four and a quarter or four fifty, and then f- um, three seventy five or something for the favorites, and went up during my time there. But yeah, it was the video games that had the high high price. They right. were up to like, they were up to like seven or eight bucks um, in the states by the time I left. <laughs> yeah, well, but you would also you would get them for a week or something, right? Yeah, or like the four. The games you got for a week, yeah. Yeah. So we only, um, when I was working at a jumbo there, we only did it. They were only overnight or next day rentals for video games. Um, they never had a, a longer than that. Blockbuster was definitely the first. To, that's why I actually started renting games there because I'm like, what? How am I going to finish a game in a night? Like, and that was and that was actually intentional. Um, a lot of video game companies made it so part of the rental agreement was that they could only be overnight. And Blockbuster wagered their, you know, Viacom-sized stranglehold on the world to, uh, <laughs> to to bully them into it. That's actually why um, uh, the last Blockbuster in the world was talking to them. They stopped doing video game rental, um, and they said the reason they did that was they couldn't get a deal like the, now oh. now because there's no distributor they you know all of the movies they're getting they go to like target and walmart and they get you know like good like deals from the those places because they like them for buying in bulk you right. know but they don't uh you know have a deal with a distributor so sony isn't gonna do what they did for blockbuster back in the day you know blockbuster was buying you know 300,000 copies of a game for the East coast. So they'll go, okay, 20 bucks a pop, you know, or whatever it is. Um, but they have to pay $70, you know, for an Xbox game and then rent it. And then it's like, well, the rule is a week. So someone's going to keep it and beat it. So yeah, it just, it makes like that, that turnover is what they were expecting. It's why, um, the new release movies were a shorter period of time. It's, I have to pay back that 120 bucks, you know, yeah yeah um so that was that was another thing um you know a a jumbo it just seemed simple like have it back the next day by you know by i i think it was like 4 p.m was was cut off time or whatever but a blockbuster they had this like you're getting it you know you're renting us for three days but really the map kind of worked out but um it was only uh, like two days <laughs> i don't know it was it was two nights it was dirt on the doing the third day at noon that right. was it okay yeah um anyways it was it was math at the time that got me a lot of late fees <laughs> it was intentional it was intentional um what they didn't uh, what, what i always loved is that when you had a store that like actually was following the rules you know, someone would say, well, I dro-, they, they, they try to trick us. They'd be like, you know, I dropped off my movie at 1145 and I saw <laughs> you wait to check it in until 145. And I said, yeah, and guess what? I have until two o'clock to check the movies you dropped in by noon in. So yeah. if you if you drop it between 12 and one, I technically don't have to check it in because you were late. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, they hated that, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I have till two. That doesn't mean you're still not late if you drop it afternoon. I have till two to check it in. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was, it was so hard. It was so hard. 
um, that time period. And then the end of late fees thing just fucking backfired. So that was, and now family video was doing that. Right. Right. But they changed it. They didn't get rid of late fees. They um, forgave everybody's. Oh, okay. Okay. Back to the store. Yeah. <laughs> So did you ever, I mean, you must have experienced this, um, you know, with VHS tapes, you know, someone would rent a movie and then they'd be back like a couple hours later and they'd be like, yeah, this movie, it doesn't work. And oh, then, yeah. and so, you know, I, I never, I never did, unless it, we were so crazy busy that I couldn't deal with it. Um, I'd always like, oh, just one second. I'll just pop it in the machine here. I'll be like, it looks fine. And and he's like, oh, no, no, it doesn't work in my... And I'm like, you mean this uh, this robot cop killer 7 isn't, uh, <laughs> you know, just some crappy movie that he picked up is... Yep. Uh... <laughs> Eventually you get out of him. He's like, it's it's such a horrible movie. I can't believe I paid for it. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Yeah. You can... <laughs> when it was someone who was like a regular and they were honest, like, you know what? I just completely botched it on this. It's like, you know what? Fine. I have, oh, yeah, a scan, yeah. I have a scan code. I can give you another movie. It's not the end of the world, but like, why are you trying to lie to me? Like, yeah. like, <laughs> don't tell me my product is broken. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that amazed me is we, I, I actually, and I, and I talked about this on another episode, but you've probably haven't heard this was, do you, were you at renting it at stores when DVD came out? No. Okay. Not yet. No. So when, when DVD first came out, Disney was actually one of the stragglers. It took oh. them a while to adapt the format. Um, because Disney, like Nintendo with their cartridges and everything, was terribly afraid of piracy. And so they created a harder-to-copy DVD. So Disney DVD was actually a special DVD that was right. manufactured different from the rest. And it, it had its own special set of codecs and region coding. And so really cheap bargain basement DVD players, it wasn't like a Blu-ray player where you're hooked up to the internet and it just says, oh, you don't have the right firmware. Let me get it for you. Like it literally would not play on certain cheap DVD players. And for the longest time, we got into battles with people saying this movie didn't play. And we're like, it plays fine here. And, and we, it, it went, it was like a company wide thing of if you have these brands, don't rent Disney DVDs. <laughs> like they're not going to play. <laughs> Cause you know, oh. people, oh, what, where, where are you playing Disney movies in like a playroom you created for your kids? Well, if you're making like a special area for your kids, you're not going to buy the like next level, next gen best. Yeah. DVD. Right. You're, you're going to buy the cheapo one that you found at like a, you know, uh, building 19 or you know or fell off right, a truck, right. whatever and or it's like a kid's you know tv and dvd player built-in combo from toys r us and it's like well that's gonna be something cheap like they're not meant to last and that that always blew me away when you learned that like you now disney just had proprietary dvd technology i remember hearing about that i didn't even think about that being a problem but that's that's kind of hilarious yeah it was um, a big problem it was a big problem so my big Disney uh, kerfuffle was the Little Mermaid on VHS. Oh yes, the um, <laughs> Alice, <laughs> uh, the, the, the moratorium, right? Yeah. So that was uh, um, now I do, I I do believe it came at sell through. 
I maybe it didn't. I'm. Uh, it was out before I started working at the at the video store. But all I know is that when I started there, we there were ten copies and they were always rented. Yep. And then and then you know once in a while someone would be like, oh, I lost the copy. And then you know you hand over the bill for a hundred and you know fifty sixty bucks, and they're like, what? We're like, sorry, that's how much it, it's going to cost us to replace this. Yep. <laughs> I think by the time I left, there was a one copy left and it just people like yeah. just got tired of renting it for their kids and would just pay the, <laughs> yeah. And you know, like this is 20 years ago. So, you know, you know, today's, you know, conversion, that's like 300 bucks or something, you know, like easily double, double that. So, um, yeah, like, people definitely learned their lessons because I was working there when uh, Aladdin and Lion King came out. Oh, and, yes. Oh, my God. Like, people were just buying those, like, you would not believe. Like, they're, like, buying multiple copies and they're, like, we're not falling for this again. Like, it's coming at 20 bucks, 25 bucks right now. Heck, it's an investment. We'll just buy. <laughs> yeah, Disney learned, you know, like, the, the Disney vaults, the Disney moratorium thing. It's, like, that is a brilliant marketing technique and it doesn't work anymore. Like no. I, I think Nintendo is one of the last companies that still tries it where yeah. they're like, we're going to, we're going to manufacture plenty. <laughs> but yeah. we'll give you 10. Have fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, they're, uh, I don't know if you saw their, I, I know this is a little segue, but they're doing that with um, Mario all-stars. Hey, yeah. Where... They're going to stop selling it after a point. Yeah. Yeah. They're digital. They're gonna run out of the digital copies of them in March, apparently. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't I don't like I don't like this newfound world of that. I don't like, like I get you not being able to manufacture a physical copy. Don't turn off the spigot on a digital copy. What do you not want money? Exactly. Like, it's, <laughs> do you not want money? Like that Super Mario 3D All Stars is printed hundred dollar bills. Like mm -hmm. that's all it is. Here you go. Here you go. Like, there's no way. No, everybody with a switch bought that game. There's exactly. It, it's just, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, um, so I, like I mentioned, I worked at jumbo video for three years and, um, I, I, I see where we're closing in on our finishing time here. Maybe. That's okay. No, keep, keep going. We'll, we'll, oh, okay. we'll work, we'll work it through. We'll see what we can do. Okay. Um, so besides making some of the best friends in my life there, like that we're still in contact, um, you know, working at, uh, working out, working at the jumbo video, you know, I met like my best friend, Mike there. Uh, and, that's the stories I love to hear. It's just like, and I'm sure you've heard me say it on this show. My, my groomsmen, all yeah. of the groomsmen, but one were my blockbuster crew from the first store. And again, that was only two or three years, that first store I worked at. Yeah. But it's something about it, something about the type of people that store, those types of stores could bring together. Oh, absolutely. Store. Like I, uh, so, you know, I met and I'm still in contact with uh, a lot of the people I worked with there. And then like one of my good buddies, um, I, that I went to high school with, like with, I got him a job while I was working there, like vouched for him and got him on. And, you know, it's just, it was awesome. Um, so once we were there and like, you know, once I'd worked there a year or so, you know, basically, you know, you kind of feel like you're running the place, 
Yeah. Especially when, um, you know, the managers go home, you know, on the Friday and Saturday nights by five o'clock and then you're left to, to handle the zoo after then. Um, but we started doing this thing because it was a 24 hour video store. We'd finish up at midnight and then we'd go into the back room and we'd play, uh, Axis and Allies. Love it. Till five or six in the morning. You know, we had, because we, you know, we had chips, we had pop, we had (laughs) popcorn and, you know, uh, a place where we're not bugging our families and we can, you know, we can play, (laughs) we can play till all hours of the night. Oh, that makes me so happy. It's, it's, it's how things like that started at comic shops and everywhere else too. It's like, you know, people worked there and then said, Hey, we have this like minded thing and nowhere to go to play it. (laughs) You know, it's perfect. Or even late night, um, like Street Fighter, Street Fighter Two uh, attorneys. <laughs> we, we, we used to hook up the PS2 in the black room <laughs> and go to town with that. Yeah. Um, so one of my longest friends and uh, best friend, like I've known him since we were in grade two together. Um, again, there's a little segue, but he um, he worked at this. Uh, um, a video game store in one of the malls here, but it was the, like one of the only ones in Edmonton that imported Japanese games. Yeah. So he, um, he bought a, um, for the super Nintendo, he bought a copier that copied games onto floppies. Okay. So, <laughs> so he, um, so once he got it, because it, it took a bit for like a it's a copy. It was probably like twenty five to thirty minutes a, a cartridge to copy onto a floppy. But um, a lot of times I would have them come in around at midnight, like when things were quiet, and we and we just started going through whatever games were <laughs> were still in, and he'd copy. <laughs> we we <Awesome>. get him. <laughs> we copy the games for him to add to his library. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, and, so, and, and to the listeners that don't know what language we were just speaking, <laughs> a cartridge <laughs> is kind of like a VHS tape. Um, except it has a, uh, basically a circuit board inside of it that mm-hmm. the video system would read and it would plug in just like, say you build a computer. I know a lot of people understand that plugs in like, the drives and you know expansions and memory do into your motherboard um except it was in a cartridge and a floppy disk is um how you used to play games and put software onto computers um which was the precursor to a cd-rom drive and now a precursor to just downloading it on the internet because things don't have drives anymore if you want to know what they look like, you know, look at the save button on everything. That, that little That's square flop- symbol. <laughs> That's the floppy disk. <laughs> and I don't even want to get into reel-to-reel tape, where that's oh. a whole discussion. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and eight players. Oh, my God. <laughs> so We're old. We're old is what we're trying to say, folks. Yeah. That's oh, the- yeah. Um, that's, that was, a, that's another thing is, uh, rewinding tapes. Oh yeah. Oh, I remember a guy, we used to always get people at least two or three every couple of weeks that would come in with a DVD and say, I hope I don't get charged. I didn't, couldn't figure out how to rewind it. 
<laughs> oh, you know, like, well, your, heart, your heart's in the right place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was like our thing, though. Like, um, I, I think there was a guarantee that if it wasn't rewound, you would get a discount. So if you took a movie and it wasn't rewound, you would get like fifty cents off the next rental, sort of thing. So we had this yeah. art. We had this army of like tape rewinders like yes. on the back counter but you know they worked for the first 20 25 and then they they <laughs> um you would basically put a tape in and then click down the tape holder and it would rewind the tape yep um and yeah they worked for 20 25 tapes but then we had to start putting heavy stuff on top of them to get them to work like yep. to actually still hold the tapes in place <laughs> oh, I yeah. those winders very well that was the sound of a blockbuster yeah. The sound of a video store, you know, was the taper winders like just going constantly. Yep. <laughs> Cause I mean, but nothing, nothing. Uh, yeah. It, it's so weird, man. Like just, you know, hearing that sound when you're done watching a movie and you're like, stop, rewind. Like <laughs> I can hear it. Like it's yesterday. Yeah. You know? And God, I don't can't roll. Well, Actually, no, I can't remember the last time I did that because I still have VHS tapes that I play in my kids' playroom. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, well, we got a crate full of all the old Disney VHSs, so it's like, it's a damn shame to not still watch those. Oh, exactly. I uh, That's one thing I kept from my VHS collection. Like, um, I had a pretty substantial one by the time I was done working there because, you know, I got discounts and I like to <laughs> like movies, so... I uh, had quite the collection when I was done there, but I probably got rid of like 80% of it, but just ones that, you know, haven't seen on DVD or things like that. Um, I, I've kept and all the Disney ones I've kept that I, that I bought at the time. A lot yes. of them are, a lot of them are like you check on eBay now. A lot of them are actually worth, <laughs> worth uh, some dollars. I like um, certain movies that I, um, you know, I'm really excited about like indie movies and things that I've followed are starting to do, you know, releases like, like bands do on vinyl. They're doing like a VHS version of their right. movie and they I go further, and they go even further into like doing pan and scan versions of them. And it's just like, all right, this is, this is amazing. But, um, uh, the, the director of the last blockbuster, the, the document mm -hmm. is coming out soon that I, that I own and love and can't wait for the world to see because it's an incredible documentary. Um, uh, he did a movie about ska music, early nineties, third wave ska music. Okay. And he released that on VHS and the blockbuster movie. So check this one out. I was talking to the IT guy who is an old ex blockbuster IT guy who now runs his own company and his major client is the last blockbuster in the world. It was all <laughs> their IT. And he said, he goes, Chris, I have to share this with you. I am creating a brand new blockbuster scan number for the documentary about the last blockbuster to be rented in the last blockbuster in the world. And it's a VHS tape. <laughs> and I went, that is the best message that I have gotten in such a long time. You know, and it also makes me feel so old <laughs> for like, and like, um, for a guy like that, that sounds like that'd be like a lifetime achievement, you know? Like, yeah. just like, you know, you've come full circle. You've, uh, <laughs> and it, it's amazing. Cause like Sandy who runs that store has worked there since the early two thousands, you know uh. what I mean? 
So like, yeah. it's like she was there for the hype, you know, and then, and then the, you know, the fall and still there. And the Tishers, the, 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 uh, husband and wife that own that video store, it was Pacific video, a four video store chain that sounds very similar to jumbo video that yeah. Blockbuster came to town and they did the, well, you know, we'll franchise. Why not? Like we already have the setup. We still get to run the store. You know, it's like an ACE hardware, you know, we just right. have the block. But they always kept Pacific. You're, you're, you are entering Pacific video, like, um, a, you know, a blockbuster franchise on the door. And now they're still there and the corporate entity is gone. And so the mom and pop outlived blockbuster as a blockbuster. And that's so cool. I love it. It's so meta. I love it. I love it. I, I love that the last one in the world is a franchise. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that and a franchise that wasn't always a blockbuster is even better, you know? <clears throat> um, but yeah, so what, and so was there, there was another video store you worked at or two more? Were, were there others what, you worked what, at? I worked at one more. So after uh, working about three years at Jumbo Video, um, you know, like we, we didn't think anything was wrong <laughs> or going on. Um, yeah. you know, we were always, we were always busy. We we're always, um, you know, like it was just crazy. And, uh, by the time I was done there, like after working there about a year and a half of the three years I worked there, um, I got promoted to a supervisor. So I'm, I'm like a, I'm a 17 year old punk supervising, you know, yeah. other, other punks and like adults, you know, like it was, it was, it was crazy. But, uh, so I was supposed to work, uh, the Saturday night Iron Man shift. I worked four to midnight on Saturday and be back for 8 a.m. Uh, uh, Sunday morning. And uh, at this point, we'd stopped the 24 hours, so I closed and locked up and done all the cash outs and, you know, left by 1 a.m. Uh, I came back 8 a.m. to open the store up, and it was gone. What? They had come in the middle of the night, <laughs> the Jumbo Video Corporation, <laughs> and cleaned out <laughs> cleaned out the store. They did it in seven hours? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, Are you kidding me? No. Like, um, it's insane. The convenience store, like, the guy came at, like, where there was a 24-hour convenience store. Um, just this was a, So this was in a strip mall. And um, of course. He, he said that they, they came with, like, five cube vans. And they just had, it looked like they had, like, ten guys. And they just... They just cleaned the, <laughs> just emptied and the place. That story, I would, even though this is the first one like it I've heard, I would guarantee is not a lone story because it wasn't, Blockbuster's stranglehold was not that the other stores didn't have customers. This is what I always heard from everybody. They went from, I, I heard this from a lot of people, they went from the busiest they've ever been to blockbuster came to town and then they're like well there's there's no competing with it it's not that people aren't going to keep coming but yeah. eventually enough people are going to realize we can't give them as much as that place and there's nothing we can do and so the the line in the sand was hey we'll we'll gladly buy up your inventory or you can become us you know yeah. i'm surprised jumbo being as big of a chain as they were didn't um didn't cave to that especially since blockbuster was coming from a different country and like invading yeah. you know and I, 
they wouldn't be willing to rebrand. They already had the inventory. Or maybe that's what was going on. Maybe Blockbuster just bought them out and took the, and that's where the trucks were going. Was the, yeah, the, I the distribution center. I honestly don't know because, so, um, like I had said, there were three locations of Jumbo in Edmonton and area. Um, one of the other ones had closed down previously in the year, and that was because there was a blockbuster, like, literally next door to it. And of people course. were, and people were just, they... yeah. And then, so the other one stayed, the last um, one stayed open for probably no, almost another year after ours got closed down. But they just, uh, they just said, yeah, we could, you know, we're, we're just shutting it down. Like, and it was just even more shocking. Cause you know, I'm sure if I had been a little more in, in tune with, uh, the management and stuff, but you know, I was just there to work and, <laughs> you know, and have fun with That's my friends. So right. That's so wild to walk out. the. Imagine if you guys plan to play, um, Axis and allies overnight. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nothing <laughs> like we're in the back room and we open it up and we come out and it's like okay who lost the store um <laughs> who was in charge of the store and it's gone now <laughs> there's a hitchhiker's guide level gag involved here that we're just <laughs> tapping into right now yeah <laughs> so um about six to eight months after jumbo was taken from that location um another video store moved in they were uh uh they had they had this other company they had they were mom and pop because they were just in edmonton but they had um uh five six locations all around edmonton and area and they were called five star video and um but they they were very corner cuttery um but they hired like probably 75 percent of the jumbo staff back and, um, they had a very similar computer system and, you know, it's just like jumping right back into the same job. Awesome. That, that's, that's a good, um, end game, at least or partial end game for that story. Yeah. So, um, you know, I got hired back and I, uh, this, this was like the fall of 92. Um, and I graduated in the summer of 92, uh, from high school and I was, uh, I was getting, um, I was getting ready to go to, to, um, to the tech school here. And, uh, again, they wouldn't, uh, they weren't very flexible with the times that the, they'd allow me to work. So I, I only ended up working there about six or eight months before they, they were like, your, your availability is just not acceptable to us. So I was like, well, all right, <laughs> you know, it sucks, but, uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. But the definitely the pinnacle was working at, at Jumbo Video. Um you know, um one thing I was gonna ask you about, how did how did our uh, uh, free rentals work? Like or rentals you got as a as an employee? Um, oh so yeah. No, that's really interesting. We got five a week, um, and that that covered movies or video games. It was whatever we wanted. Yeah. And the, the rule was um, with movies, with video games, they didn't really care because video games, we kind of got in right when they were about to release. But movies, we always got a week or two prior to them coming out. Um, and so movies, we had to rent them either before they were before their shelf date or we had to wait um, two weeks after they came yeah. out. 
yeah, we were pretty much, we were pretty much the same. Um, but we, uh, so every pay period is when we got our credits. Oh, okay. And, and if you were, if you were a part-time employee, you got, uh, seven every two weeks. And if you were full-time, you got 15. Awesome. Yeah. So it was, it was great. Like I, you know, I, um, I watched so many movies <laughs> through that time. What's cool about it is since it was a credit, you know, like, you know, it was a thing they scanned. It counted as a, as a paid transaction. Exactly. And yeah. All of the employee accounts were rewards accounts. Oh, so the rewards account got you a free favorite rental whenever you paid for a new release. So what you'd do is you'd get your five new release movies and then go get five movies from the favorite section and they would all, so you'd get 10. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And the company was fine with it. Cause you know, they're the reason for the free rentals was, and this is something that capitalism and companies and even Blockbuster started turning into that I hate is, yeah, there are people out there that just work at Blockbuster because they want a job, right? You know, there's people out there, I'm sure, that work for McDonald's because they just love McDonald's so much that they want to be around it all the time. And then there's the majority of the world that got that job flipping burgers because they needed a paycheck. But Blockbuster and movies and video games and the like, it's a niche. It's a it's a thing that you want. If you go into a store and interact with a person, you want to talk to someone who is at least a fan, if not a specialist in it. Like that's what people wanted out of video rental, at least at the beginning, you know, they wanted to talk to someone who was enthusiastic about it. And so it was worth the company's time and effort to make sure they gave you the ability to know the product. Oh, exactly. And, and that has kind of gone by the wayside in almost all manner of, of that kind of retail. You know, Walmart doesn't want a guy that cares about, you know, the movies working in the electronic section. They just want someone that wants to work for Walmart, you know, that, and that's fine, but I miss that specialization. I miss the, that that was like a, a perk and a, and a um, prerequisite of the job was that, you know, you gotta be, a, you gotta like movies. You don't have to like all movies, but just enjoy movies, be able to yeah. talk to people about them, you know? Oh yeah, man. I like, I, um, so I, that, that just makes me think like, it was definitely a give and take of working there. Um, like for watching movies, like I remember there was this really cute <laughs> university girl, uh, who used to come in all the time, but she would get like, um, interesting art, arty movies. Right. Yeah. And, um, and that's how I definitely found movies that way. Cause I, I would, she, I'd ask her, Oh, what's, you know, what have you heard about this or. Or whatever, and she'd be like, you know, and then she'd explain about it, and I'd be like, oh, heck, I'm gonna check that out. Like, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Oh. And yeah, you can learn a lot just by what seeing what people rented. I remember, like, I'd hear of movies that I'd never heard of before by just seeing what people would grab, and I'm like, it's especially if it's an older one. It's like, have you ever seen this? And they'd be like, yeah, this is one of my favorites. And I'm like, oh, man, when you return that, I'm renting that. Like that. That's how I saw The Wicker Man for the first time. Oh, right. Okay. The original Wicker Man is we, we, you know, that wasn't really, you know, blockbuster for newer movies weren't getting, you know, unrated releases of movies, but that was an unrated, like banned in certain places, you know, release of a movie and not for there being anything graphic really in it. It's just the subject matter. And, um, you know, 
I had seen someone rent it and my coworker was there and I was like, I've never heard of the Wicker Man. What is this? And my coworker was like, we're like the only store that has this. You have to rent this. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And I could see why. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just an incredible little movie. But yeah, um, I, I loved that kind of stuff. And it's great to hear that you were friendly with the people you worked with too. I think that's something that Blockbuster started to squash after a while was the, oh. they really did. They would, they would say, you know, at the beginning they loved it, but when they were starting to, they weren't hurting outwardly yet, but you could see when they were corporately trying to restructure the place, yeah. there was a lot of um, the sales and consistency between stores and everything was a lot more important than, um, uh, um, you know, the oh, experience for the customers and yeah. the employees. And uh, so they would start moving us around and they used to always say, you know, oh, if you're getting along too well, that's a sign that someone's probably covering something up. And it's just like, oh, here we go. And it just got really rough after that. <laughs> yeah. I, I I can see them. Like, I can see them doing that. Luckily, we never we never experienced that. They just, you know, came and took the store one night. <laughs> well, the, you, ever, you ever heard the term in, um, in corporate speak, the term shrink? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what the textbook definition, like in business, is of the word shrink? Uh, no, no. So, so they use it to describe missing product, right? That's the, oh, okay, yeah. The definition is employee theft. Really? And when I questioned them on it, I goes, "Why is it called this?" He goes, "It's your job to make sure it doesn't happen. So if a customer takes it and it's on your watch, you took it." <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that uh, that reminds me of a so when I was doing my work experience there, like, a, and just, um, not actually hired a jumbo video yet. Um, one, the, one of the daytime guys, uh, you know, he was giving me a tour and all of a sudden we hear the beeper go off, you know, that famous beeper at the exit when someone's trying to walk out with product, you know? And so this guy looking shady as hell, you know, beeps, looks at us and then just bolts out the door. And the guy who's showing me around just bolts out after him. And I see them like just, just running across the parking lot. This guy's trying to run with his movie. And, you know, this, this guy who was training me, you know, just right on his heels. So the guy uh, who had stolen the product turned around and whipped the movie right at the guy's face and ended up like smoking, smoking him right in the nose. And, you know, remember I was saying these movies were, I mean, VHS cassettes were big and heavy enough as it is, but this is in a, it's in a hard plastic case too, because that's how we, uh, (laughs) you know, that's how we had all of our movies. And, and so he comes back in and blood's pouring out of his nose down his shirt. And I was like, I'm like, I was a little bit like, what am I getting myself into here? It was soon after that, that they had the, the whole, um, you know, if someone runs like that, you know, for your safety, don't, uh, don't chase them. Talk with us. Just note it. Yeah, exactly. I watched our loss prevention guy, chase a guy down one time and then turn around and go and don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. But anyway, now I, I am officially going to say that I, I will talk for another hour if I don't stop myself. So um, 
this has been an absolute blast. I, I hope you had fun. Um, uh, absolutely, man. Do you uh, do you have time for one quick question I got for you? Well, I was going to say that, that I was literally going to open um, the, okay. <laughs> the show. Hey, you know, do you have any questions? Do you have anything to pitch or shout out or whatever? That was, that was going to be my next words out of my mouth. <laughs> well, um, I'll, I got one quick question for you. And, you know, maybe if you want to save it for another time um, or think on it. But do you have any, any favorite bit of swag that you ever got? Oh, like- this is a great question. Oh, man. Okay. Th- there are a few. Um, so, so there was one that happened before I started renting there that was like, it was a phenomenon, this piece of swag, the blockbuster had, and I had a whole bunch of them because I thought they were hilarious. Remember Wilson from, um, Castaway? Oh yeah. 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 They made that into a, um, car antenna cap. (laughs) And everybody had one, and Blockbuster had them in droves, and they gave them out to everyone, and it was the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. I, it was just because you know you could just tell because it was a really easy way of telling how many people we really touched as a video store when you just saw every car had this damn thing, and it was like wow, that's that's insane. And then when I was there, um, there were a couple of cool things. One, we got Shrek ears. Like a little like like Halloween headband with Shrek oh. in both the movie oh. Shrek that were actually awesome and really well made. And so like they, they were they were just a lot of fun to like wear and goof on people. Um we got a few themed polo shirts for for a couple of movies. Um oh. were really cool. I don't remember like the specific films, but I remember really liking them. Okay. And then for some reason the, there was a PS2 game called um uh, it was a sequel to the old ghost and goblins franchise maximo a maximus do you remember this yes yeah, um, yeah. they ma- they gave us these embroidered blockbuster polo shirts that had the oh. game embroidered on the like um uh, pocket area and i still have it somewhere it was such a nice polo shirt um and then the the company used to give out a dvd for christmas every year to all like as a bonus to all the employees Okay. And it was a themed one, you know, so one year it was Bruce Almighty and one year it was this, but the year we got Elf, Elf had like a really <sighs> stacked DVD. Like it was like one of those Infinifilm DVDs. So oh just, yeah. And that was such a cool gift because they actually gave it to us before the movie was released. So like oh. we had it before anyone else and it's like, oh, that's really cool. That they oh, did that's that. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> what about you did was there anything that your stores did or was that just a blockbuster only thing um well if we ever had anything to tie in um like we gave away gum <laughs> with, with every yeah. rental for a while like uh it was like the new dentine or whatever um yeah. we gave away uh when there's this new uh orville redenbacher uh popcorn we were giving those out just yeah. um things like that like um but uh things that would come in with the new movies every week or uh, we would get uh, like, so the one thing that's kind of, I, I still have it and it's packed away. Uh, I'm waiting till I get a, a nice movie room set up at my house here is I have a uh, Indiana Jones and the last crusade banner. Yes. That's what I was going to say. I forgot the banners and the standups. Yeah. Um, the employees, you, you'd, you'd claim them, you know, well, you get this yeah. one, but I want 
this one and Steve really likes Lord of the Rings so he'll get that one you know and and then we let the customers get in on it too which I thought was fun yeah um, uh, absolutely we also used to get statues when when the company was like at like the big height of like trying to like outward brand so we'd have like DVD players and stuff for sale there were a few like when Spider-Man 2 came out they sent us this sculpted Spider-Man oh that like one renter, one renter would win and it was sitting in the middle of a store in a glass case. And then there was that, and there was a Yoda when um, uh, episode two came out. And oh, there, wow. was, there was a Hulk. There was an Incredible Hulk um, when, um, when the Edward Norton Hulk movie came out. Yeah, those were really cool, too. We got a lot of t-shirts um, with, like, with uh, the movie logos on them. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, one of, one of the favorite things I got, and it, it's just so ridiculous, but it's also so Canadian, is um, do you remember um, the movie House Sitter? Yes, I do. With Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. Yep. So they gave out ice scrapers that that clipped that, to, that clipped to your visor. Okay. <laughs> that's that is so Canadian. <laughs> but the best thing about it is this was. I, I had that ice scraper until it actually broke. Like I had it for 15 years and you know, we would take it between cars and it was always like my emergency ice scraper and it was awesome. It was like one of the best ice scrapers I've ever owned, but, <laughs> but it's That's just fascinating, but you know, 10, 10 years into using it, people are like house sitter. What? Like, I don't get the court. Like, I'm like <laughs> it was a movie. <laughs> That's all you need to know. This makes total sense. <laughs> it makes total sense. Um, <laughs> I got a, a, a. We all got um, League of Your League of Your League of Your Own Baseballs when that movie was out on, on VHS, and the and the baseball had all the the cast had signed them, right? That's cool. Yeah. My wife and I and my daughter went as they went as Rockford Peaches, and I went as Tom Hanks. For, oh for halloween a couple of years ago awesome that's great yeah i love that movie that's a great movie speaking random segue before we end just something that weirds me out still to this day is penny marshall directed that yes. and her you know that's we all know penny marshall and her brother um gary um big director mm -hmm. you know he and her are both in the film hocus pocus and I always forget who they put. He's like the devil guy whose like wife thinks he's cheating on him with one of the witches, but his wife is played by his sister. And I get that. I get that that's an in joke, you know. And but it's really creepy. <laughs> I've never been able to get past how strange that was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I've been meaning to rewatch that the old one, um, but I kind of I kind of remember that. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. It's an odd movie. It also, like I tell everyone, is not at all a good depiction of what Halloween is like in Salem because it's barely filmed in Salem. And that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> even though it takes place there, that's all of the local Salem folk always like to joke. Yeah, Hocus Pocus, no. Um, Hubie Halloween, on the other hand, that new Adam Sandler Netflix yeah, movie, yeah. Um, is... A very, very accurate depiction of what Halloween is like in New England. Although almost all of it is not shot in Salem. It's shot in um, uh, a close by town um, called uh, Marblehead. And the reason for that is not the same as Hocus Pocus. 
the reason for that is that Salem doesn't really look like what people think Salem looks like. It's a very all over the place city. It's got the really cool Victorian downtown, which all of the stuff that's supposed to take place there is filmed there in the movie. But the minute you step away from that, half the city burnt down in the late 1800s. So they had to rebuild it. So it's all very modern. And so it doesn't fit the look that anyone ever thinks of when they think of like old Victorian Boston, like area. So they all have to find towns that look that way to film the other stuff is what it really comes down to. But at least Hubie feels like a New England movie. Hocus Pocus, there's nothing in New England about it, it, it other than there's witches. Like that's about like, it. other than that, it's all just Hollywood stuff. You right. know? Um, and that doesn't make the movie bad. It's just a funny thing as a local to go. Yeah, you didn't get it right. But Hubie Halloween, on the other hand, because Sandler is a local, he's a New Englander, you know, he'll have like, you know, um, characters making sandwiches and they make fluffernutters. Have you ever heard of what a fluffernutter is? I've heard of it, but I'm not sure what yeah. it is. It's it's marshmallow fluff, which is a product that's made in Lynn, Massachusetts, the only place <laughs> down the street from my house. Okay. Um, by the Jerky Moore comp- Company. And... It's basically if you took a marshmallow and turned it into a spread is, is what marshmallow oh, yeah. is. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and there's other versions of it, but this is like the well-known one. And so fluff and peanut butter is a, is a fluff and nutter. And someone's, hey, I made you a fluff and nutter, like in the movie. And I'm like, yes, that's accurate. Good job. <laughs> like, that's of course what someone's mom would do, you know? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, so anyway, so, so, so now, I, now I am really going to go. Um, okay. Even though I would talk to you forever, but I do want to give you a chance. Is there any shout out you want to give or anything you want to promote or anything? Here, here's your chance, sir. Okay. Yeah. We're, uh, as you mentioned, as we mentioned at the top there, we, uh, we have a weekly podcast. It's called, uh, you can't teach an old gamer new tricks. You can uh, look us up on all the major podcast, uh, p- platforms and YouTube. Um, we do a video, it's a video version of it. Um, you can check out our website, thegrumpyoldgamers.com. We post all of our original content there. Or if you're on Facebook, just look us up on there. We have tons of activity on our, uh, on our page there. And, uh, just uh, talking about Gary Marshall, just quick. I'll just end on he um, he gives he gave one of his right before he died. He gave one of my favorite quotes, and it's uh, it's almost like a life mantra for me. Um, Gary Marshall said, "You know, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice." Love it. Ah, oh, couldn't have ended it any better. Oh man, that's great. So, uh, thank you all, and thank you Ryan for making it a talkbuster night or day or whenever it is that you're listening to this. And we'll catch you all soon. Please be kind. Rewind. Bye.